it's a joy and a blessing for us to be here. Uh, we took the church. I informed the church late last night. I'm surprised they were all able to make it. Uh, Pastor Clive, we're praying for you that God will bless you and give you your good health. Would you please open your Bibles with me to the book of First? No, before we turn there, let's go to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. Exodus. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 to 10. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 to 10. And put your finger there and also open our supporting text. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. Our first text, our main text, is Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 to 10. Our supporting text is 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. And we are going Exodus chapter 5 and verse 7. We'll begin reading in Exodus, our main text in Exodus chapter 3 verse 7 to 10. And the Lord said, the Lord is talking to Moses. God is calling Moses to the ministry. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people. These are my people. Which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by the reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. Verse 8. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large and unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto a place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Havites and the Jebusites. Verse 9. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians have oppressed them. 10. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. This morning, I've entitled today's message, The God Who Cares. The God Who Cares. We all need a shoulder to cry to. We all need somebody who will understand us. Somebody who will be there alongside you when you're going through a difficulty in your time. It can be a friend, a parent, a sibling, a workmate, a neighbor, a church member, a pastor. But we all need somebody who can stand alongside us and with us. Who can stand alongside us and with us. 
When these things and the life of this world gets difficult and the going gets tough, I need somebody I can depend on and rely upon who will understand and weep with me. Amen? Boy, if it wasn't for some of you, the majority of you here, throughout my lifetime, I wouldn't be here this morning. Uh, let's be real. To be forgotten and to be left out because you seek to follow God, it's difficult. It's difficult. And people flee away from you and you have nobody to cry to. Nobody can listen to you. Nobody you can fall to. It's difficult. There are children right now living in safe homes. Cindy Nielsen uh, opened a safe house, a safe home for children who are abandoned. Some living in foster homes because their parents have abandoned them. Some parents care. Do you know that some parents care more for their pets than they do for their children? They will take care of their cats, take care of their dogs, take care of their fish more than they take care of their own children. There are hundreds and hundreds of people in this world who are suffering, who will not eat today. Does God care? Does he see? Does he care? There are thousands and thousands of people in hospitals today dying, dying, literally dying in pain and in sorrow right now. And all they can think of and all they can ask, does God care? Many people have left their faith because they think God has stopped caring for them. Many have left following God and went back, I'm sorry, to follow some of them, to follow rituals and ancestors, to follow their different uh, way back life that they used to live and they've forsaken the Lord and followed things that they ought not to follow because they have convinced themselves to think that God doesn't care. And what a lie that is. The disciples when they were going through a storm. Remember when they were on a ship and a storm came about and they were tossed to and fro and the ship was about to sink and the water filled with, with uh, the ship filled with water and all they can think of was, Lord, do you care? I mean, the Lord is just relaxing, sitting down there sleeping and they walk, Lord, do you even care that we perish? Do you care? Have you ever been in your life or a time in your life where you think God has forsaken you? I have. Where you think, okay, okay, when I mind things are tough. Uh, things are hard. And, and you feel as if you are alone and God has forsaken you. I've been there. Some of you probably are asking this question right now. Does God care about me? Some of you are going through a hard 
time right now, and I don't know. But does God care? The children of Israel, Israel, the children of Israel are in trouble. Uh, they're, in, they're in a storm, in a horrible storm. For years and years, they've uh, been praying. They've been abandoned. They feel as if nobody cares for them. They are all alone. They have no comforter. They, have, they don't even have the word of God. <clears throat> the only thing they have are the promises of God. That's the, that's the only thing they have. At this time, when, when, when the children of Israel are going through this, they don't have the New Testament, they don't have the Old Testament. They don't, they're not like you and I. We can go to the promises of God and cling to the promises of God in the Bible. They don't have the Bible at this time. And so all they have were the promises that God gave to their ancestors, Abraham and Jacob and Isaac. God made a promise to them. That's the only thing they can cling on to and hang on to. They didn't have Romans 8, 28, for all things work together for good to them that love God. They didn't have all of that. They didn't have that. Today we can go there and say, the scriptures say, God is with me. God shall never forsake me or leave me. They didn't have the Bible. They had the promises of God. Now, there are slaves they are hurting. They are struggling. First of all, does God care? Does God see? Does God hear? My first point is God surely sees. God surely sees. Unkulunkulu upegile we are born. Hallelujah. God sees. The Bible says in verse 7, Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. And the Lord said, I have what, church? I have surely seen. I have surely seen. Nothing is more frustrating than when you go to a doctor. And you wait, and you wait, and you wait, and you wait to be seen. And you're in pain. And you say, why, why does he want to see me? I'm dying here. I had a toothache two weeks back. Now, if there's ever, I hear that toothaches are more painful than giving birth. I agree. I've never given birth before, but I, I vouch to, to, to a toothache. It is painful. I couldn't sleep. I never prayed like I prayed like that in my life before. I'm, I'm in throbbing, throbbing. I couldn't, I couldn't wait to see a dentist. In the morning, I got up. I, 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 I took a bath. I couldn't even brush my teeth. I was so, so painful. Uh, I drove to the first dentist. They were closed. I, I went to another one next to uh, uh, Whitbank Hospital. Closed. I said, yeah, I call. No, 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 no. What kind of death is closed on, on Saturday? Uh, listen, I'm telling you, I'm dying in pain, Kyle. Uh, I mean, this thing is throbbing and throbbing. I, I, I 
go to the internet and look for dentists in Whitbank. And I call each and the first one on the line, I call. Nothing. The phone rings, rings, nothing. I'm talking about when you're in pain and you need to be seen. The dentist, there's another one just close after, after um, uh, Whitbank Hospital, General Hospital. It's fresh, it's brand new. They got everything there. We do washing teeth, branding, I don't know what we, we, we do. We do everything. But they don't extract teeth. And I want my tooth fixed. I want this thing out. They have everything. They cover everything, but except for taking a tooth out. I go downtown. When I go downtown, my mom told me about this place. The, the name of the, uh, of the dentist is Matlamu. I say, ah, Matlamu. Surely a Matlamu will understand. I'm a Matlamu too. I go to the door, and there's a sign on the, on the door saying, sorry, this Saturday we are not working. On a Saturday, then I have a toothache. <laughs> I'm talking about when you're going through pain on Makta, and you're going here, nobody can help you. And you're going there, nobody can help you. And you're knocking on this door, nobody can help you. You feel all alone, and you're in pain, and you're suffering. And you think, like, who's going to help me? And this thing keeps throbbing and throbbing and throbbing. And life keeps beating you, beating you, beating you, beating you up. I sat down there and, and, and I, I called my mom. I said, Mom, you won't believe what's going on here. I said, I went to each and every dentist there is in town. Everybody's here. I couldn't wait to. Dying is better. To think. Then I said, okay, fine. You know what? I asked, Lord, I said, please help me. Uh, there's nobody to turn to here. I need your help. Uh, listen, I was, and, and, and we get a migraine. I was, I had a headache from my neck all the way to my, to my, to my eye. And I said, Lord, please help me. Do you, do you even see? And um, sure enough, as I was looking, and there's, there's a dentist not, not far from me. And I turn around and I go, and, and as I was entering, uh, there's a doctor, there's a, there's a doctor's surgery, and there's, there's an arrow pointing dentist. So I see dentist. As, as I was going there, I'm praying, please be open, please be open. And I get there and I knock on the door. It doesn't look like a dentist place. It looks like a shabin in there, Kai. I knock on the door and I'm like, is it dentist? And the guy comes up and says, can I help you? I said, yes, I'm dying. My tooth is killing me. Are you the dentist? And after I ask, are you the dentist? I hear a woman crying. I said, I'm in the right place. It may look like a sharp eat, but I'm in the right place. <clears throat> I get in. And the place, I'm telling you, it's not a good place to. I thought, I thought, I don't care. I don't care if this place is filthy to the core. I'm getting the tooth out. If this is the place that the Lord wanted me to go, I'll go there. And as I was waiting there, here's another thing. I'm waiting there. I'm waiting there. I'm waiting there. I'm waiting. An hour goes by. And this thing is throbbing. After an hour or so, he comes and says, uh, you can come in. I get in there, and I don't think he washed this equipment of his. You know, you know, we're supposed to sanitize these things, uh, you know, wash them. You know, I don't think he did that. I think he just called me because the lady just came out and said, come in. 
I didn't care. I was in pain. I went over there, I sat down, he says, he said, I'm sure you haven't eaten this morning. And he laughs at me. <laughs> I said, no, I haven't, man. I just want this thing out. And finally, I was seen. I was seen. Finally. And when they took that tooth out, out, I could get it. I could, the pain was gone. It was, it was, I was free. Listen, church. God surely sees our pain. He sees your pain where you are. He sees your struggle. He sees your tears. God says, I've surely seen the affliction of my people. I've seen it. It's good to be seen when you're in pain. It's good to be seen. God sees our affliction. The word affliction there means depression, misery. Listen, I was miserable. I don't lose my temper. But if you came to me that day and started talking nonsense, I would have laid you with the club. Really. Because I was in affliction. I was in misery. I was angry. I'm telling you, I was just upset. But God sees our affliction. Look at verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the what, church? The what? The affliction of my people. What's an affliction? It's, it's oppression and, and heartache. Some of you, I know I've been talking to you, you're looking for jobs and you're afflicted. So you've been praying, Pastor, I've been praying for work. I've been praying for my health. I've been praying for this. I've been praying for this. I'm afflicted. I'm struggling. I'm oppressed. I'm depressed. Does even God see? Yes, he sees. He sees. There are many things that easily afflict us. Many things. But God sees. God sees our affliction. He sees our depression. He sees our misery. Whatever it is that is oppressing you, or whoever it is that is oppressing you, God sees. God is not blind. He sees. Master, he sees. He sees. Psalm 34, verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are upon the who? The righteous. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. That's what the Bible says. And his ears are open to their cry. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm telling you, man, our God sees our affliction. It may seem for a moment that God doesn't see you. It may seem for a moment in time that maybe God doesn't see my tears, but God sees Psalm 55, verse 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Secondly, God sees our trouble. God sees our trouble. Egypt was no longer in a place of prosperity for the children of Israel. It was no longer a place of, of warmth and peace because when the children of Israel got to Egypt, there was another pharaoh, another king, and this king was a kind king. And he offered the children of Israel land. He offered them food. He offered them everything they could ask for. They could probably go and see a doctor. They could probably own a piece of ground. They could 
go to the mall. They could do anything basically they wanted to do. But when this king died, another pharaoh came about. And this one was not as kind. And so they were filled with trouble. Filled with trouble. In Exodus chapter 1, verse 7 to 14. I'll read it for you. You don't need to turn there. And the children of Israel were fruitful. That means they were, they were giving birth and birth. They were happy. I mean, they were, they were increasing just like God said they would. They were fruitful and increased abundantly. Praise God. God kept his promises. Like I said, all they had were God's promises. And they were, keeping, they were holding on to God's promises. They increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceedingly mighty. They were living free. They were well off. Verse 8. Now there arose a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. Verse 9. And he said unto his people, Behold, these people, the children of Israel, are more mighty than we. Come now, let us deal with them. Do you see? Let's deal with them. Let's make sure we, we get them to suffer. Let's make sure we see our shire. Let's make sure that let's make sure that their lives are hard. In fact, let's kill their babies. Talking about trouble. And so they were going through trouble, they were going through turmoil. Did God see? You better believe he saw it. He saw it. Some of you here, you may have somebody troubling you in your life, I don't know, persecuting you. But God sees. Psalm 9, verse 9. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed. Did you hear that? The Lord also will be a refuge to the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. In times of trouble. In Exodus chapter 3. Now you say, Pastor, does God see? Yes, He sees. He sees my trouble. Yes, He sees your trouble. Does he see my pain? Yes, he sees your pain. Does God see when I'm alone and, and needing help? Yes, God sees. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. But do you know what, also, what God also sees? My sin. My sin. God also sees my sin. Now imagine the children of Israel, God has seen them. He has seen their oppression. And he took them out of the land of Egypt. And in Exodus chapter 32, verse 7 to 9. Look at what God says. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go thee down, for thy people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They just, you just delivered them out of trouble. Lord, you've just delivered the children of Israel out of their troubles, but now, you know what they do? 
actually, when, once you're out of trouble, once the toothache is out, once you're free now, say, ah, I'm free from my troubles. I'm free from pain. Then you go back to your sin. We do that, don't we? We do that, sins and judge. In Pilosate, Master says, God, we go back to our scene after we've been free from our trouble and our tears. And we forget God. So, because now we're free, we're no longer in that pain. You feel comfortable now. And so you leave God, you forsake church, you forsake the Bible, you forsake praying, you, for, you forsake meeting with other believers. Everything is going smooth. And the children of Israel did that. Look at verse 9 of Exodus chapter 32. And the Lord said unto Moses, I, God, have seen this people, the same people who were crying to God, and now they are despising God. Look at verse 9. I have seen these people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. God also sees our sin. He sees our sin. God sees us. But he doesn't just see what you want him to see. He sees everything. Every hidden secret sin he sees. And just when he delivers you out of trouble and you cease, you won't even depart from your sin. You become stiff-necked. But God sees. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God sees. He sees. My second point. I'm almost done. My second point. I had four points. But I'm going to just do two. God surely hears. Exodus 3, verse 7. Exodus 3, verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have surely heard their cry. Now, there's a cry that I hate hate this cry. It's a cry of cats. <laughs> like a crying baby. Now, white people, I don't know what's wrong with you all, man. I really don't know. You pet these things, they sleep with you, you cuddle them. A cat with a black person. Never. Never. And brother, I'm telling you, there are two cats in my yard. I don't know where they come from. Small little things. Every single night. And Martha, now, black people are a little bit superstitious. Can be very. Now, it, it doesn't bother me. I know the scriptures, okay? But they, they, they cry, that noise. It gets to me sometimes, you know? And is it in pain? Is it crying? Am I, am I, being, am I being bewitched? All, all sorts of things go through your mind at that time. Oh, my neighbors, what are they doing to me? They've sent a black cat. One is black, one is white. Like, what in the world? Ah, 
and, and, and you know, I, I was doing my gardening, and my neighbor came to me and said, Pastor, hey, it's Benelli. I said, what are you talking about? He says, this cat. I said, do you have the same problem? He says, hey, Pastor, me too. These cats are that. Listen, there's an annoying cry. But there's a cry of help that God hears. It's not annoying to him. The cry of the wicked is annoying to God. Say, Pastor, how can you say that? God hates. God. That's why God said, the offering of the wicked is an abomination to God. Abomination to God. He hates it. If you're wicked and you're living a wicked lifestyle, you're serving sin with your life. Don't think you can come to God and think God is going to hear you and celebrate in heaven. My son, my sugar. God hates the cry of the wicked. He hates it. And if you, you and I will abide in sin, sin is not say it to it, it bothers God. But God hears our cries. He hears them. Psalm 18, verse 6. Let's all turn there. If you have a Bible, please turn with me there. I'd like for you to read this one in our closing. Psalm 18, verse 6. Salom, Samahubo, 18, and verse 6. Bible says, in my what, church? In my distress. In other words, in my distress, you distress, you, you, you know, the pressures of life and, 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 and circumstances are oppressing you. We don't know what it is that what you're going through. But the Bible says, in my distress, I called on my grandmother. Am I reading it wrong? I called on my ancestors. No, brother, I called on the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I called on the Lord. And what? Cried church and cried. I cried. I cried. I cried. I cried. I cried. I cried to the Lord. And he what? He heard. Mama Oshin, he heard one minute. He heard my cry. Are you here this morning? And you've been praying. And you've been crying. Don't stop praying. He hears. He sees. And he cares. He cares. Ah. Uh, I'm going to cut my message short. Like I said, I didn't. Plan on preaching all of it. But let's go to in, in the New Testament. Let's go. Six. Sorry, let's go to first Peter chapter five. Verse seven. First Peter chapter five and verse seven. Peter is writing to a church that's suffering, to the believers, basically. They're suffering, they're going through turmoil, and he comforts them. First Peter, Peter, chapter 5, verse 7. 
Does God care? Does he see? Does he even bother to look upon my life? Let's look at what the word of God says. Verse 7. Casting some of your care upon him. All of them. Casting all your care upon God. Why? Why? For he cares for you. Hallelujah. Amen. For he cares for you. Amen. 